Get the best odds on all the big games this March. Download the Circa Sports Iowa app today. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Road and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. Hey guys, it's Williams. We have a new and special podcast for you as we lead up to, obviously it's March Madness, but we're going to talk a little football today. And uh, spring football just around the corner for Iowa State, always a good time to sit down and do my annual one-on-one with Iowa State head coach Matt Campbell. I was able to do that on Monday of this week, so that's yesterday if you're listening on Tuesday, uh, to cover a lot of ground. Did a lot of stuff on the new coaches, um, and then we did obviously get into personnel and, and all that good kind of stuff as well. Had about 45 minutes with Coach. He's always really insightful when you get him into these types of settings, and um, I think he was really good. I think you'll enjoy this. I hope you can uh, shorten your drive to Hilton South in Kansas City right here with my annual uh, one-on-one with Iowa State head coach Matt Campbell. All right. Well, first of all, it's good to see you. it's been it's been a while since we've got to sit down and do one of these things. How how is life, coach? Yeah, you know, life is life is really good. Um, you know, from a from a football perspective, you know, growing and and from a life perspective, um, man, my my kids are growing. You, I got a daughter that's a ninth grader now, and daughter that's in seventh grade, and then you know these two sons that are in uh, first grade and third grade. So it's like chaos, but but fun chaos in that world. Yeah, I actually this was I had this written down, but we need to lead with the important things. Are we still watching WWE with the boys? Because we got WrestleMania coming up yeah wwe is on at times you know we were we're slowly you know migrating into boy we are we're avid football fans both of them which were were which was interesting they got there as fast as they did but they (laughs) they did and so you know we're watching the xfl all the time and watching our cyclones play and and uh you know they've got every brock group Brock Purdy game on on Jeez. on tape, and we're I feel like we've watched every game Brock's played in about nine times. So so we're we're all over the place. Are are you guys not like nutty St. Louis XFL fans? Oh, for sure. You know the the it's crazy how many Iowa State guys are there. Well, my my third grader, my my guy Rudy, he thinks he thinks Hakeem Butler is the greatest thing ever. So <laughs> you know he was he, he Hakeem's heyday was when Rudy was we yeah. were just kind of getting here and he kind of was figuring out what's going on. So. He he loves Akeem, and so we're 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 huge fans. So absolutely, that deal because Rocco's dad is the coach, and yeah. we got all these Cyclones there. Like, was that a coincidence or? There, there had to be like some ties there. Well, I think at least you know, as the, he went into the draft, I think knowledge of who he was drafting was really important. So yeah, you know, he had called a bunch about those guys, and I think was really fired up. And you know, it was great for Mike to to get another opportunity to to really showcase that he's healthy and playing. And Willie, you know, he's bounced between the Browns, and you know, yeah. he's had such a he's gotten good opportunities. And then you know, obviously with the team, it, it's been really fun, and obviously. 
Rocco's dad is, you know, an amazing human in, in having Rocco here. So they're, there's a reason why those guys got there, but uh, they're with great people there too, and, and they're doing a great job. Well, it's been fun. Like honestly, it's given me a reason to watch. Yeah, I agree. League. I agree. Because there's so much college basketball, which is kind of my world right now. But I, yeah, I put the Battlehawks on. They're the Battlehawks, the right? Battlehawks. Yeah. Yeah. I put them on uh, DVR. Yeah, believe but me. Make sure we, and watch every game. We have DVR going on the Battlehawks too, <laughs> so so we're watching the same thing. The Purdy deal. Um, I was just telling Erica about this. So, like, my wife, it, we, she's her dad was a Chiefs fan, like, but we were Viking. We had Viking season tickets for the longest time. I mean, the Vikings could m- basically not even exist to her now, yeah, because of Brock Purdy. Yeah, well, same same thing in my house, you know. I, and as I said, Chris, I tried to raise these boys right to be Browns fans for a long time. Oh and no, it's like. You know, that well, now they're growing up in the state of Iowa, and I feel like there's there's no real allegiance to a pro football team, you know. So you got the Vikings, you got the Chiefs, you got the Bears, and it's like, you know, I've been trying to give these guys a foundation to the Browns, and it's like this Brock Purdy just ruined it for, oh. for forever. So we've got every 49ers jersey, every gear, everything going. You, so. know, you know what I did, and this is stupid, and it's probably a waste of money. <laughs> But I so I actually I blame you for this because I always buy Iowa State guys when they get to the NBA I always buy their jerseys yeah frame them and it, and that gets kind of expensive when because our guys have hopped around a lot but whatever it's my thing well now I'm like oh I'm gonna do it for football too <laughs> yeah so the, and then Purdy starts playing a lot and I'm like well I'm gonna buy a bunch of his rookie cards <laughs> just in case yeah. Just in case he's the next Brady, yeah, and he's he's my guy, so it's like, yep, and it, like it's gotten to be this very expensive thing for me buying Brees Hall and Brock Purdy like football cards. Right. Now I haven't bought a football card in thirty years. Yeah, welcome to my house. <laughs> like literally, there's there's every time my wife goes to Target, we're buying three or four packs of football cards, <sighs> and yeah. man, did I pull a Brees? Did I pull a Charlie Collar? <laughs> did I pull? Did I pull an Alan Lazard? So yeah, it's it's. Uh, Honestly, it's really fun, and and uh, you know it's great for my boys, and it's it's I, you couldn't be prouder of what our kids are doing right now, and in terms of the ability to not just get to the next level, but what they're doing at the next level is really powerful, and it's really fun to watch. It's changed Sundays for Iowa State fans because we've kind of had that with the NBA. It was also, also oftentimes difficult because a lot of our guys were on the West Coast, and these games are tipping off at ten o'clock and whatever. But a Sunday now has that vibe of like, oh, okay, well, we got Niang playing here. We got Monte here. And Sundays are crazy. You just watch Red Zone and you can just keep track of all the Iowa State guys now. And it, it's actually ruined my existence <laughs> as a Vikings fan with Allen and David being in the same division. Because yeah. it's like I can't sit there and root against them. No. But I – it, it it's cool. Yeah, it's really cool, and and you're just so proud of, of really what all those guys have done. And you know, you look at the like I said, the success they're having, and it, and so much starts with David and and really Allen at that same time, really coming out and you know really laying laying the groundwork. And I I think now with what Brees and and obviously what those guys have done you know, with Brock last year, and now you got this next crop. I mean, I, I, I think you're so proud of what our kids just did this past weekend in the combine. I mean, oh, yeah. not just to go, but to go and be at the top of the, the leaderboard in a lot of areas. And, 
you know, I, I think that's the thing that's really exciting is you come out of our program and not only do you feel like you can make it, but you can not just make it, but you got a chance to have a huge impact at that level. And these guys are, are laying great groundwork for the future of Iowa State football and their ability to, to go play at a really high level in the National Football League. Well, and I know, too, that it's it's big for you to be able to have. I mean, we just, just bumped into Anthony Johnson yeah. in the program. Like, when those guys come back – yeah. What does that do for a young, you know, maybe a freshman who's in here for their first semester to see yeah. Brock Purdy walking around? I, I, that just seems to me like when you're looking at long-term building of a program, that's important. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, you you look at even last summer. I mean, every one of those guys were here training, and, you know, we've gotten the feedback. You know, it sounds like May, June, and July is, you know, as soon as those guys get done with with their their mini camps, you know, that this is where they're going to come back and train. And so, you know, to have a David Montgomery talking to the tailbacks or a Brees Hall and to have, you know, you have those tight ends talking to the tight end room and what's it take to be successful? What's it, you know, man, this nutrition that Coach Campbell keeps talking about, why is it so important? Or, you know, what's what's the little techniques or the fundamentals that they're talking about? I, I think that's just huge. And you know, I think the fun thing is that locker room. Every one of those guys have a locker right now, still in our locker room. And, you know, they're they're not just out on the football field with them, but they're in the locker room talking life and giving back. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes all those guys so special is it's not look at me. It's, man, I want to come back and I want to be back around the program. And as I told you, Chris, I think that to me, I, I get as much chill and gratefulness for those guys of what they're doing or what the success we're having within our own walls it's that's what makes Iowa State's football really special. And that's what you always envision is trying to create something that's so different where guys want to come back to feel like they're a part of something bigger than just themselves. And, you know, that part even last summer, and I know we've gotten great feedback of those guys wanting to come back this summer. It just means the world to me that they want to be back around this football program. Well, I got to give you credit, and this is going to lead me into a Nate Shieldhouse conversation, but we were sitting not far from here. It was a Saturday. We did one of these podcasts man six seven years ago and you told me about this kid you were recruiting in Arizona and you said you told me how good he was going to be you go he's the next Baker Mayfield I think is how you described him um I remember when Brees before he had taken a snap you told me we got the best running back in college football just watch and I, I I I also remember you told me before Shieldhouse had ever coached here we got a superstar, yeah. future head coach. This guy's a rock star. And you make him your offensive coordinator in the offseason. And I, I, I just yep. – you have a pretty good track record. You told me that Joe Lanny would be a really good linebacker, and I laughed yeah. at you. I don't remember, yeah. remember yeah. that. Yeah. What, what did you see in Shieldhouse from day one like that? Because that, that's a big compliment from you. Yeah. Well, I, first of all, I try not to say anything unless I really feel <laughs> feel. But you sold this off the record that, to me, dude. so you weren't you weren't hounding it out in the press. Yeah, you know, and and I I think the thing about Nate and from day one, I, I just think in college football, eighteen to twenty two year olds, you don't not only do you you have to have great knowledge of how do you get players better as the coach. But I think you also have to understand if you want to be elite at this level, 
you have to be able to invest in the lives of 18 to 22 year olds and you have to have a purpose to want to do that you know i i think nate is one of those guys that is just so intentful and purposeful about pouring into the lives of of the people that he's around whether it's coaches or certainly whether it's it's players and you know nate's just one of those people you you from his authenticity of how he goes about everything he does, it, it's impactful and it's on impactful way greater level than sport. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, it's kind of how he does what he does. And that, that's what makes Nate really special. And, you know, I think he's ready for this opportunity and not just to, not just uh, you've seen him lead position rooms and and now the opportunity to lead an offensive coaching staff and then obviously in, in all, a direction of an offensive football team. I, I think he's ready for that opportunity and you know he's got great people around him. You know obviously Taylor Mauser's a rising star and that on that coaching staff too and you know to have kind of his foundation of being here and be around him and then and then putting some new faces around him too that I I'm really excited about what that group has already shown the ability to work together with but I think Nate's Nate's ability to tie it all together and and really give purpose to not just football but life and and becoming your best outside of football too Nate's going to do a great job yeah I, <laughs> I joked with you about this at the uh, we will event a couple weeks ago, but got a different audience here. But I, I think it's funny that you guys struggled to win some games this year. Um, and, and, and a lot of us being media and fans, whatever, you kind of forget that you'd led the big 12 in passing and rushing the yeah. years prior. It's like, this thing isn't broken here. And I, I thought it was just important to point out that like, we're not, we're Mike Leach guys, but like, we don't need to really run the air raid here at right. Iowa State, right? Like, th- there's still a formula at Iowa State football, and Nate feels like a guy who really understands that. Yeah, I, well, the formula for Iowa State football is team. And yeah. and I think that's the thing that even when you, gosh, you, you, you look at the games that we have played um, and, and not been able to win over the course of the last year, um, man, th- it was team, you know, and, and there's certainly some areas offensively that you would, we need to improve on. And there's no question. And, and, you know, those are some things that obviously we're doing a deep dive this time of year. But, you know, when you talk about the success of offensive football at Iowa State over the course of the last seven years, you're, you're talking about a year in 2020 where you led the Big 12 in rushing and, mm-hmm. you know, one of the top five teams in the entire country in rushing the football in 2021, you were the number one passing offense in the Big 12 um, it's not it's not it's not the plays or the scheme it's to me it's the how and you know I think those are the things that it's, it'll always be how we do what we do not what we do and and we've got you know we've had brilliant coaches here we have really smart coaches here um, you know that it's not about that it's it's really about playing team football and you know I said this I would spoke at the uh, Iowa High School Coaches Association on Friday and you know one of the things I talked about is really it's one culture you know I, I think sometimes when you have some successes we've had at times here um, you know and, and this is my responsibility as the head football coach and where I, I need to continue to do a great job is you know you can't have brand branches of your culture within the team and the program mm-hmm. it's it can't be you know uh, the, the the strength training can't have a culture and athletic training can't have a culture and a culture and offense and a culture and defense it's really one culture and when that one culture has been aligned and everybody's pulling at the same direction 
that's when we have reached our full potential here and we've maximized our full success. And when it's been splintered at times, that's when I felt like we've been a hair off in some of those areas. And, you know, at times a year ago, you know, we certainly were in some areas. Yeah. And it, it reminds me too. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of an old head, I guess, in this industry, but I've worked with a lot of staffs, football and basketball, where it's almost like the assistants are all kind of working as independent contractors. Right. I, I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but that's kind of how it's felt like. You, yeah. It happens a lot on the basketball side sure. because it's like, well, this is my guy, you know, from this AAU program and that's my contact. And yeah. like, I know TJ was very deliberate about breaking that, doing none of that. And I've certainly felt that in football before. I don't feel that here though. Yeah. No, and I, I think that's what, again, has always given us a chance. And it's always been, um, it's what got us off the ground here. I think it's what's allowed us to maintain success. And, you know, it's never been about look what we've done, you know, or look what, you know, we were this defense or this offense or, you know, this guy's having success on the recruiting trail um, because you just can't have success here. You can't do it this way here at Iowa State. The, the only way we have the ability to do it is we all have to be in it together and we have to be pulling together at the same direction and not care who gets the credit. And that's, that's hard because, mm -hmm. you know, man, everybody's at every different stage of life and their career and all those kinds of things but the reality becomes you know the unification of of one team one culture and and everybody has to remember that our direct responsibility is 18 to 22 year olds I mean you know this is this is their journey this is their time in life to be able to create this magnificent change to become and you'll I know everybody will laugh man the best version of themselves they can be because they don't get this opportunity again with all these resources and all these people helping them to achieve that so you know I, I think that our program and that's the beauty of it that every coach that's been through here and the people have been through here they've really tried to pour into the vision that it's been really important for me is, you know, it can't just be about football. It's got to be about you growing into becoming an elite man, elite father, an elite husband, become the best football player you can become, have a purpose in life leaving our program. And I, I feel like we're actually at the best place we've ever been right now in our program in that and that mentality around our kids. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And, and that produced a challenging offseason to do all the things that you say when you mix up a staff. Right. That makes the interview process so much more difficult than if you're just looking for the best coach at this spot. Yeah, and, and I think that's why, you know, there was no knee-jerk reaction to anything. I think there was a lot of time, a lot of diligence. I think any time that you uh, go through a realignment phase of, of your program, and I feel like that's kind of where we – really put our mindset to is realigning of where are we where do we continue to move ourselves forward and how do we do a great job of it it's it's not going to be a knee-jerk reaction it's going to be time and well thought out and and really 
you know, I think it's a, a realignment of what's everybody's responsibility to the home. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure everybody's capable of doing that responsibility or wants to do that responsibility to the whole. And then, you know, let's let's set ourselves up if, if there are any changes or any, you know, holes where, you know, some staff members got the opportunity to move on and go do great things. And we're really proud of all those things that that all those staff members have done for us and continue to move on. But man, now we got an opportunity to maybe take ourselves to another level in a positive way. It's healthy I, for any organization to get new blood in. Yeah, I think it is. And and, and I think the, the positive is you saw, you know, not only did the, the people that left go get great opportunities, you, you also, you see the opportunity and the excitement, the energy to realign yourself right now. Um, and, and I think that that part's been almost like a, a rebirth in some ways, you know, around our offices is to, you know, for our kids, for our coaches, for myself included, it, it's been it's been a great thing for everybody involved. I tell you what, I'm glad that we got this Clanton guy on our side. <laughs> My God, I was watching his, his opening press conference and it's yeah. just, I mean, that... I don't know if I ever seen an assistant coach win a press conference before. <laughs> Usually it's kind of like, yeah, but that guy yeah. and coach been doing this long enough. I always dread those Northern Iowa lines. Yeah. Yeah. I they're agree. always it, it, something Farley does over there. Maybe it's that game or whatever. Yeah. They're always a bad matchup for Iowa state. Yeah. I've always dreaded it. I'm glad to have that guy on my team. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I would say, you know, I, I, I know I've said this in, in multiple times over the course of the last couple of years. I think the, the talent accurate, the talent growth that we've been able to acquire over the last, you know, three to four years, so much credit to, you know, Jeff and what he did and, 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 you know, going from where we were to where we are. And I think having the ability to have Ryan here who has taken good to great and you've seen that happen during his time at, at Northern Iowa. And, you know, I, I think just the energy, the perspective that Ryan brings, you know, a, a guy that was, a you know, had to kind of turn himself into a great player player at the University of Oregon and you know not only does he become a a great player he becomes a captain on a team that wins the Rose Bowl to you know kind of starting at the bottom using his education working in the oil industry and then deciding hey I I think my passion really is to coach and kind of coming back and starting at the bottom and building himself back up in the coaching world and you know working junior college football to to Northern Iowa to you know the opportunity to come here I think uh, anytime you, you start and you begin at the bottom and you work yourself to the top you, you see guys that get the whole picture and Ryan certainly understands that and that's exciting so in that change because again and I plead the fifth I don't know anything about offensive line play is there like a different style that that goes from one to the like what it, what what's the difference I guess what did you like in Clanton that you think he can bring to the table here? well I just think the the biggest thing for for Ryan that he brings is just you know more so the ability to put the whole picture you know ryan's been a strength coach before he's been a Mm -hmm. guy that um from a development uh, the whole development piece of it with where our kids are um you know the the ability fundamentally and you know i don't think stylistically man you run zone you run gap like man we're we're not changing what we do and and again i think a lot of it for ryan is his experiences and you know i think what you were looking for as much as anything is a is a great rapport with with nate and and the ability for those two to, you know, I think one thing that is really important is we need to be great teachers for our players and we got to be able to get to be able to be a great teacher in this profession. You got to get to the end result of man, how we're going to do what we do fast. And I think those two hit it off right away. You could see in the interview process and, you know, you felt like that was a great pairing 
Um, and, and you felt like what Ryan brings to the table for this current offensive line is the development piece. You, you've seen that he's had to take, man, guys that like we're going to get here at Iowa State that are going to need the full package of development to yeah. become great players. And he's proven to be able to do that. He's had to do that. And um, he's had to do that in the junior college ranks. And he had to do that, obviously, at, at UNI. And he's done a great job everywhere he's been. Boy, what did he say? It was something about like an angry intent. <laughs> right. Something like that. Maybe you want to get in the weight room. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fire me up, no doubt. And 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 again, I I, I think you know you can you can go back and study it. And I, and I think the one thing that that our our kids when we've played at our best, we've had that intent. You look at you look at twenty twenty, you look at twenty one. You know there there's times where we're physically dominating. Yeah, the, you guys were maulers in that point. Yeah. And, and yet it's the consistency and, and the ability to do with great consistency. And that's not just on a offensive line coach or a position. That's a whole program piece. And I think that's where, you know, you, you look at, man, the weight room, you look yeah. at strength and conditioning and you look at man, the, the man, the plays and you look at the, the, it all matters, you know, and, and, and that's why it's never on one person or never one thing. It's a holistic view. And as much as anything, it's on the head football coach in terms of, you know, that consistency being there week in and week out, in so my opinion. you made that strength and conditioning move, and this is the time of year. Well, actually, the last couple of months is when that is just massive. Right. What have you uh, – are, are we happy? What, what, what have we what, – what's going on differently, I guess, this winter, and what are the returns so far? Well, I, I, again, I, I think you learn over a period of time here that what what – this place needs and who we are um, is, is really important. And, you know, I think one of the things that, that we know is development of the 18 to 22 year old from how his body comes in at 18 years old to what it becomes at 22. It's, it's absolutely imperative to the yeah. success of our program. And, you know, I, I, you know, being able to at least be a part of the process of building this facility with, with Jamie and, you know, he did such a great job, but I think in mind was, man, this nutrition piece and, you know, we've got all the tools. I think putting that all together was, was, was the intent of, man, how do we make sure we're maximizing all of this? And, you know, I think the one great thing about Reed coming on board is, you know, Reed was here the first three years with us. He was kind of the number two guy and, and left and went to Oregon um, and got a great experience out there as Oregon was kind of, you know, the kind of coming in and being a part of that journey and then left to go to Boise State and has been a part of the rebirth of that program. You know, they were they played in the, the conference championship game, won a bowl game and kind of had to rebuild it over the course of the last two to three years there and was a part of that and so you know Reed is one of those guys that I think really understands the roots of Iowa State football saw this program kind of on what it takes to be to be built and you know really what we're dealing with what kind of student athlete we're getting here and what that student athlete needs to become the best and along the way got some great experiences and got to see it some different ways but I think at his core really understands and his staff understands what it's going to take to make sure we build into our football players and give them all the tools you know from a strength and conditioning standpoint to be the best all right we got like 10 15 minutes left i want to do some personnel stuff yeah we uh we kind of hit on the o-line what we got to get to my d-line my favorite position bumped into isaiah big <laughs> isaiah he feels looks like he's doing pr- i didn't even realize we got him back yes so that's that's huge i figured that out like a couple like a month ago and i yeah. was like oh this is big time um i mean i'm hearing that dominique orange is a 
Absolute monster. What are, what are we what are we looking for here? Because you know you're replacing Will McDonald. You got some pieces here, but it feels like this position to me is about as healthy as you have in your program because it just kind of been a reload situation. I remember when Ray Lima was done. It's like, oh my God, how are we going to fill this hole? And uh, what are you what are you looking for there? Well, I think they're they're. What's exciting about this defensive line position is, number one, you do have a bell cow. You have an anchor, and that that is Isaiah. Mm -hmm. There's a guy there that, um, man, has played at all conference level, uh, knows what it takes, and has been probably the leader in that room over the course of this year and last year and, you know, learn from any and learn from obviously will and, and, but he's been an anchor and, and then you talk about maybe some of the best talent that maybe we've had in that room since we've been here, except that talent's young, you know, mm -hmm. you got Tyler Onyadeen who really came on uh, the last five, six games of the season last year. He's freaky. I, I think has got a chance to be as special talent-wise as anybody we've played. You know, we have a redshirt freshman at the defensive end position, and 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 I Kenna Zwago, um, man, I Kenna is a guy that you know probably any other year here would have played. You know, but we were able to kind of put him on the shelf and allow him to just grow. He's he's right now he's almost 260 pounds, and you know we're really excited about him. You obviously have Joey Peterson coming back, who's been a core anchor to our program. J.R. Singleton started eight games, got injured, had surgery at the end of the season. He's back, ready to go. Um, and then you talk about Dominic Orange. And, you know, I think Dominic Orange has probably got as high of a ceiling as any player we've had in our program, you know, since we've been here. So I think the, the great thing is you got an anchor. The, the thing that's obviously our responsibility is there's still a gap in experience. And, you mm -hmm. know, we're going to have to do a great job of – kind of bringing that gap and filling that gap in but uh you're right the the talent is there the people are there and there's a there's a drive for excellence that that group has has really put on since coming back in january what their bodies look like they're they're really intentful and i'm excited about those guys it's weird too because before you guys got here it was always had some pretty good corners really come through iowa state uh the d line always kind of it seemed to me held the entire pro both lines really this I'm, I'm talking like the 20, 30 year history of Iowa State football. Um, this is the best. Last year, you had the best secondary in the history of the program. Yeah. I mean, the duo of corners that you have, and I know you have guys behind them that you like too, but like that's, that's even, you had high aspirations when you got here. That duo at corner is elite. Yeah. You know, I, I and, and, and honestly, Chris, I think that's that that was an area for us. Just the secondary in general, it's taken us a while, you know, and and you know, I, I you feel it finally feel like number one with what we're doing on defense, we know exactly what we're looking for in the recruiting process. And you feel, man, not only the top two guys, obviously to get TJ to come back, you know, I think TJ certainly could have been a draftable football player had mm -hmm. he left, um, to be able to come back and and really kind of do to his stock what you know, you've seen guys like Will and Anthony and some of these guys over the any over the course of the last couple of years really to kind of take that final step. But then you see what Miles Purchase has done. You know, he's played great football for us for the last two years and, and it's got a chance to be special. 
Darian Porter, I think he's got the ability to make the same jump that TJ made from last year, to, from the 2021 season to the 2022. I think I think Darian's got the same ability. You know, mm-hmm. you just moved him over. He hasn't even been here a full year yet. Um, you know, it was the second day of spring practice that we moved Darian to, to corner a year ago, and he had flashes of brilliance, you know, through the season. He's been an elite special teams player. I think his ceiling is really high. And then, you know, you got you got some guys that are that are coming. You know, you got Crosby and Williams and Norwood. Man, guys that have shown they've only been in the program a year, but their talent level has has really kind of come to the come to the fruition really fast. So the great thing is there's great competition. The when there's great competition, you better be your best every day you go to practice because everybody wants to be on the field and then you you bring in a new corners coach like Co- like Hank Poteet and you're talking about oh, a man. guy that's been, you know, an elite competitor at that level and, and has been honestly an elite developer of talent at that level you know with the guys he had at Toledo that have been drafted the guys he had at Wisconsin and you know to be able to have Hank here I think with that group it, that group's really exciting for us right now that was a fun hire yeah it, it seemed like that was just a perfect fit yeah and you know Hank I you know fortunately for me I you know Hank and I were together at the University of Pittsburgh so I got to know Hank a little bit then and to watch his journey through professional football and you know you he got a chance to win a Super Bowl with the Patriots you, a guy that's played 10 years and again the humility that says man I want to go into coaching and he started low and started you know at the ground up and and coached NAI football before you know had his first opportunity at Kent State to get a full-time coaching job and you know Hank's one of those guys that's a huge giver a guy that's made a huge impact in the lives of a lot of people we're fired up to have him here let's go to the other other side um hot take here but I I think Jirel's injury probably impacted your offense more last year than the common I would say is that a fair statement I, I think what you know the and, and injuries injuries are tough. And, you know, not only coupled with Jirel getting hurt, but then you had Cartavius Norton out for the first seven games of the season. And, yeah. you know, when your, your top two guys at that time a year ago are out, um, and, and it, you, you can kind of see it. You know, you, you, you see what the offense looked like the first four games of the season. And, you know, you had a guy that rushed for almost 200 yards in the, every game the first four games of the season to – you know, that Kansas game, and I think it's the it's the fifth play of the game, and, and Jirel's out, Cartavius is out, and, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're trying to play catch up a little bit, and, you know, those are, those are, those are all things that are real, they happen, and, and I don't know if we played with enough consistency at the tailback spot, and, you know, it was tough, but I think the, the reward we'll get for that is, man, the experience that you, you saw, uh, Cartavius certainly get at the end of the football season. I thought was certainly beneficial for him. I think Eli Sanders showed some flashes. Of some yeah, he really did. positive. Yeah. He grew from yeah. you know where he was at that Kansas game to where he was by the end of the season. I give him a lot of credit. And you know now you look at that room and you're like, oh boy. You know, you bring A.J. Harrison. Obviously, you got a couple freshmen coming in in June that are going to push the envelope. And you, you see a room now that's got seven guys that are competing to play. And you're really excited about what that room's got to look like right now. Well, last year, because you, you look at Norton, even your, your NFL guys, it took Brees, even his junior year, it took Brees yeah. four games or whatever to really look like Brees. Yeah. I mean, it took him, it was that Texas Tech game, I think was his breakout game. David was the same way. He, he, you know, in Norton, you kind of felt that like game five when yeah. he was back. It's like, oh man, this guy could be really good. But yeah. I, I think that 
it's it's so hard to just be thrown into the conference play like that. Yeah, it was tough, and and, and you know that's there's no excuse about it because at the end of the day, it's our responsibility and and my responsibility to have us you know prepared for any injuries that you have. It just I think the the rash of injuries and the youth of the of those guys, and you know I certainly thought Jirel was ready at the start of the season and, and played great football, and nobody deserved to get all of those games last year because his patience and his work ethic and you know I think the exciting thing for me is is obviously he'll be back and you know Cartavius it was it was a great lesson I think if we all remember David's freshman year you know David had to go through some of those things too yeah. as, a, as a true he just freshman. looked like a guy there for a little bit and then all of a sudden you're like oh okay yeah. this guy's different no question and so you know I, I think the the excitement is 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 you saw the same burst on the scene too a little bit of Eli and you know I think you know, Eli started slow, and and then when he, you know, by the end of the season, you know, you look at what he did in those last couple games. You know, there were some flashes of some really special things, and so, you know, again, a a, a really young group that was forced to get some some critical lessons learned on the field and in real time action a year ago. But uh, I think all those lessons will benefit us here moving forward. How is how is Decker's different right now going into spring ball compared to a year ago? Well, I, I, I think that the hardest thing to ever have at the quarterback position is is real time experience. And, you know, there's there's some things there's a lot of things that you can simulate, but there's one thing at the quarterback position that you can't simulate and that's the weight of the world on your shoulders every snap Mm -hmm. and you know with Hunter you know unfortunately you know you know there was a lot of pressure that was put on Hunter's shoulders and the games the style of games we end up having to play in you know every every single play and every single series end up being so critical you know through those seven eight conference games that we played in and you know it's 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 experience and you know at times with you know what happened with with some of the injuries I think a lot more got put on his plate as the season went and you know I I I think what Hunter was able to do was just have the ability to sit back and be able to reflect as soon as the season came, you know, came to an end. And, you know, that's, it's not easy for anybody. I've always said being the head coach and being the quarterback are a lot the same. You know, there's, there's a lot on your plate. Every decision is, is going to be magnetized and every play is going to be magnetized and you got to have the ability to, to handle those. And what I'm really proud of Hunter is I've seen him be able to handle the, the results of last football season and be very intentful and impactful about coming back in January and growing forward from it and so I I think what you see is is probably a more seasoned football player right now than what you saw obviously a year ago and I'm really proud of him I'm proud of how he's been able to have authentic conversations of what went well what didn't go well and really come back and and be like I said and be very intentful about getting back to work and in the areas that his growth needs to happen in and for Hunter it's not talent because you you see a guy that's certainly got all the tools to be really successful and I think we can do a great job as coaches really helping continue to grow his talent forward and, and putting him in a great position to be successful and again I think the exciting thing there is too you got a lot of great young players around him too that will only be there to help compete and you know you got Rocco Beck got some great playing time you got JJ Cole that's coming in so you know you got you got some great players around them too that will only continue to push him forward but I think you know you know as a head football coach man this Hunter Deckers to go what he's gone through and to come back the way he has you're, you couldn't be prouder of him and I think he's going to have a chance to really tell his story and really have a chance to to have a chance to grow forward in a really powerful way love the quarterback room though 
yeah. just feels like it's as deep as as you can get. I mean, for you, right? Like to have a guy like Cole, yeah. Like, and he comes in in December, so yeah. you get a whole off season with him. And it just—I don't know if I would use the word luxury because then that would in- indicate that there would be injuries and you would have to dig in deep. But it seems really, really strong. Well, I think it gives us the opportunity to really build great depth, and yeah. and that's hard in today's world of college football to be mm-hmm. able to do that. And again, I, I think you know subtly Nate going and and being the quarterback coach, I think is another huge benefit. You know, I think the 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 coordinator coming from the quarterback room, I think the the you know Nate's experiences of being a four year starter and dealing with successes and failures I think they would tell you you know that's not an easy position to play and he's been through it all Mm -hmm. and the ability to bring those intangibles into that room from the play caller perspective I think is is certainly a huge positive too and so I think when you look just even from that room you got Jake Waters in there as well another great quarterback that you know has been such an integral piece of this program you're really excited about what that whole room offers and 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 the growth and and honestly the success that's going to be a available for that quarterback room. Do you know that I used to do play-by-play for Jake Waters high school team? <laughs> oh, I, I I didn't know that. And yeah. I wish I was here because I see all those Jake Jake Waters plays from Kansas State. I'm like, daggone, I would have liked Jake Waters. I'd yeah. like Jake Waters to be our quarterback here. He uh, It was when he was playing for Duggan, actually. Yeah, yeah. And I him and his brother Matt yeah and I called their basketball games too well, I don't even think Jake probably knows I don't know if I've told him but yeah well he Jake Jake means a lot to this program Chris he's you know a stud. He, he is he's a stud and man he's just been really special for us to what he means to us what he's done coming back here and staying here it's been awesome to have him and his brother Matt they, on the basketball court man they I think I, I called a state championship game for them in football and basketball, I believe. Well, yeah. all, all those quarterback runs, Chris, that he had to have at, at K-State, I think they've eliminated his basketball game anymore oh, being man. any good. Yeah, yeah. Man. Okay, um, finally, to wrap things up, Matt Kuyper, uh, Jr., we like to do this every year at least once. All right, so I'm, like, in this total NFL bunker right now, and I need – so the Bears, I think, are fascinating. They have the number one pick. They have Justin Fields. I think we're going to enter, and I think we're already there, an era in the NFL where you want to save money on the quarterback position and bump up your roster. Because I think more of these GMs are realizing, I'm not smart enough to get the next Patrick Mahomes. Where they all used to be like, oh, I'm trading up to get Wentz, giving away my whole team. And I think that we've all learned it's a lot harder to do that. So, like, my team is in quarterback hell with Kirk Cousins, and he's fine. He's fine. You right. can win with Kirk Cousins, but everything has to be perfect around him. Right. Dak Prescott's the same way. I'm wondering, like, with the Bears, this is fascinating to me because you can trade him, get capital in other places, and then get another quarterback on a rookie contract and make the rest of your team better. Or uh, you can keep building around this guy, but his clock's ticking and you're going to have to pay him here right. before too long. Right. What well, do you think about this? This is fascinating to me. Boy, it's fascinating. I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, Brock I, in San Francisco is a great example. Well, and I, I think you look at what San Francisco's done and, you know, you look at your Vikings, right? I mean, they're a great example, an elite offense, but 
not good enough on defense, no. right? And and I think when you look at the National Football League, and it's no different than the 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 Eagles, and you look at the 49ers, and I think obviously Mahomes and the Chiefs are a little bit of an outlier, but um, you know they've been able to you know be smart on the Mahomes contract to be able to still kind of facilitate the offense and defense line. And you know I, I think when I look at the Chicago Bears, the the one thing that's that's really hard to know if Fields is good enough is is the o-line good enough did we put an o-line in a run game around him to really know what justin fields is you saw that man he's good enough to make great plays yeah. but man if justin fields had the eagles offensive line and had the eagles defense would he be just as good as what you're seeing jalen hurts do and so i i think that's probably why you see so many of these nfl teams fail because they don't understand that man it is so critical to put the o-line and d-line around these guys to be successful and that's you know it's i know david and you, you feel tough for David because David's really how great of a running back is he in the National Football Man, I've looked at David and I feel like he's carried that team in a lot of ways yeah. and yet he's never had an offensive line around him to give him a fair shake to to really see how great he can be so you know I, I think that to me it, it is still even in that league yes it's quarterback driven but if you want to be at the top of that league you better make sure you got a roster around you, especially built from the inside out that's got a chance to, and, and really from the front back that's got a chance to compete in an elite level. Well, you mentioned the Chiefs. Like, they traded Hill. Half these people are, oh, it's over for them now. No, they got four rookies starting in the secondary in, <laughs> yeah. in a Super Bowl team, and, and yet they had great pass rush. They've got – a a dang good defensive front and they've got a they they went out and revamped their their offensive line and then yeah you obviously we know they got Patrick Mahomes and he's a great player and there's there's probably not a lot of Patrick Mahomes out there but you know I think the proof in the pudding is you don't need that Patrick Mahomes you don't need Joe Burrow you need the foundation around there and you need consistency from that quarterback play to be able to play and I, I think you're seeing that with Jalen Hurts and what the 49ers yeah, obviously did I mean I, I feel like the Vikings and Cowboys are the same yeah. both of those guys it's like I know we'll probably win 10 games well, but I, you're not going to win a Super Bowl though, because your roster's so bent out of shape because of the cap, right? And and right. And, and then you got to say, man, did we do? Are we doing everything in our power? That yeah, you're right. Maybe Cousins isn't isn't the guy that you're just going to drive around him. But man, you, you felt like offensively they were certainly good enough to to yeah. go compete and win a Super Bowl. But man, we didn't do it on the defensive side. And you know, I, I think that's what makes that league in in is so fascinating is the, when you go to build it. What's the mentality that you're building it around? And, and if it's not from the inside out and from the top back, I think it's really, really hard to sustain success. You and Haycock have ruined me because <laughs> I used to be all about the quarterback and all about the. Yeah. But now it's like, I mean, even the Vikings, like, okay, I'm going to release Dalvin Cook. I'll pay David half that. And then I'm going to take that money, throw it at the line. Throw it at the line. <laughs> throw it at the line. Right? And, and some pass rushers, right? And you need some guys to get yeah, off the like, field, and you need some pass rushers. And yeah, which, that, that Watch the 49ers. It's like they're just good everywhere. They don't have a bad spot because they're not paying their quarterback $40 million a year. No, and then it gives you the ability that when you when you realize you're that good, you can go trade for Christian McCaffrey, and you know that yeah. that, that – 
that little nugget can take you from good to great. And, and, and I think that's where, you know, that's what's fun about building rosters and building teams. And I, I'm with you, Chris. I still love it. I love to watch how these teams are doing it. And, you know, it's no different than even in some small way what we're trying to do with our own roster. And, and, and you know, it, it's the difference there is is the only – piece of it is is salary cap and and obviously the ability to identify talent here it's it's man the growth of talent and in developing that talent and so but it's, it's really fun to do and, and really fun to watch thank you sir appreciate it thanks appreciate, for having me yeah appreciate your time as always and uh we'll hopefully do it again soon All right. absolutely thanks chris